Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Radio NBC Sports Podcast, episode number 151 of the Sports Podcast. Tim, he is here. We're here together bringing you tonight's podcast. So today's podcast here on a Monday evening on my back porch. Glad to have you aboard as we get ready. A lot to talk to. Uh, first and foremost, bring in Anthony. How you doing, my friend? Great. It's, uh, it's incredible what a uh, three-and-a-half-hour stretch on Saturday afternoon can do for your whole weekend and going into Monday making Monday morning at work a lot easier to get through, uh, especially coming off the last three weeks like we have, especially the last two. Um, what a big, big momentum builder. I know Doug Phillips, he doesn't use that word, but I'm going <laughs> to use it. Um, what a big momentum builder. Um, and I'll say this for 60 minutes of the game, probably a good 55 minute stretch. You kicked the crap out of number 15 team in the country. I mean, for a good 55 minute stretch there, you kicked the crap out of Missouri state. Um, now they're not, they're nowhere near South Dakota state, Southern Illinois, North Dakota state, anybody like that. But for the number 15 team in the country that beat you last year, in the spring, they, they're, a ago, they're, they're a playoff caliber team. They're a playoff caliber team with a uh, Utah State transfer in Justin Shelley at quarterback. Uh, Tobias Little was the Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Week last week for his performance against Illinois State. He was held him to 42 yards total. 42 yards. And that, and I've said for, him how long we do this podcast? Three years now? At least. Stop the run game. Stop the run game. You're going to win the football game. Now, Penguins gave up their fair share of yards. A lot of that was... Garbage time scrambles by Shelley, and, you know, so numbers may be inflated. But you shut down the conference player of the week to 42 yards, you're going to win the game. Yeah, it was a uh, a much-needed victory. Let's yes. put it that way. I don't care if you won 2 nothing, if exactly. you won 41-33. Yep. The bottom line is you won the ball game. And this program desperately needed mm-hmm. a win. Where this program goes from here, quite honestly, I have no idea. Yep. I'm not going to tell you they're going to go off and rip off two, three, four in a row. They may lose two, three, yep. four in a row. Uh, the question I have for this program going forward is somewhat identified your strengths. Yes. Can you build on those mm-hmm. strengths going forward? And can you show up on a road game? Yes. Because right now the answer is no. Resoundingly, no. Exactly. So – for this program to take the next step and be competitive in its league, mm-hmm. being competitive in winning a road game means the most because you should win home games. Matter of fact, you should win the majority of your home games. No reason not to. I don't care what level of football you're playing in. Winning home games is a recipe for a successful season. Winning road games means you're a competing for mm-hmm. championships. That means that every time you're taking the field, you have the belief that you can win. This program's not there yet. Mm-mm. But small victories are good victories. Yes. And beating the number 15 team in the country, packing uh, up Bobby Petrino and sending him back to Missouri, was a, it's a good thing. I, I mean, a, I'm, I was very happy about that. I have a question. Yes. Which was faster? Because I didn't expect – I expected we'd be able to move the ball – on Missouri State, um, because I believe in what number eight can do, because he's a stud. He's an absolute playmaker. And I'll even say this. He didn't play his best first half at YSU. He might have played his worst his worst first half at YSU. And I'm not saying it was terrible, but when you consider 
what he's done here in his short ten games or whatever yeah. it's been. Yeah. Um, and he kind of got pulled off for a couple of series, and uh, London Pearson played a little bit. Well, and but you know what though, when the game is on the line, your best players do what? They have to be on the field. They take over. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. There's no doubt McLaughlin can play. I mean, he has what he has is the ability to see holes and get to yes, them. quick. His yes, his speed is his is his agility is his secret weapon. Uh, he's not going to run over anybody. You know, yeah, he's going to he play. He tries to, though. Well, I mean, he tries to. There's a difference. You know, I don't mean that as an as a insult. No. I'm just being realistic. He's not a big back. No. Yeah, he's strong enough for his size and his mm-hmm. ability, and I'm not taking anything away. He's a breakaway back. Yes. His idea where he gets his yards is being able to scoop by the initial holes yes. and getting into the secondary and then having the ability to outrun the secondary. Exactly. That's what he makes him good. Now, what you have to do as a coaching staff is find ways to get him the ball other than just handing it to him or pitching it to mm-hmm. him. That's the next step for this for this offense to take a next leap. Yes, I'm not disagreeing the man can play football mm-hmm. and he's very he's he's a dynamic mm-hmm. runner. And that that's they need that. Can you imagine this offense without him? Oh, oh, God, no. Right. That's my point. They're moving in good directions. They're doing certain things. I think they're very conservative. I think yes. they're very uh, 1990 versus 2021, which is a bad thing. However, you have a freshman quarterback, basically. You have a young offensive line. Yeah. It's a building program. The question I have is sooner or later, you have to unleash players and let them mm-hmm. play we'll see if they get there this year didn't see it in the spring nope. he he had, he had them playing with their hands tied behind their no, back you're playing in a phone booth yeah yeah you're playing offense in a phone booth yeah and, yeah and you can't do that 2021 we'll see the development of this program going forward i'm happy they won i'm thrilled that they won it was the best part of the weekend yes it was um however it's just one win it's at home it's an important win. Don't get me wrong. You have to start mm-hmm. somewhere. After you lost the games that you lost and the way you lost them mm-hmm. and being embarrassed the way you've been embarrassed. Yes. Like I said, I don't care if you win it 2 nothing, or you win it 41-33. The bottom line is you won. Yep. You found a way to win the game. That's the most important thing. And then we go forward. As for Crenshaw, he's a young quarterback. Yes, he's limited to what he can do, but he's also – you have to continue to try to develop yeah, the skills. Exactly. And skills, look, the truth of the matter is the offense is going to run around him in the next yep. three years. You're not always, you're going to have to find ways. What this this coaching staff has to do is find him receivers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And tight, I mean, they have tight ends, but they need real receivers. They need Guy, like better passing routes, too. Well, that's what I mean yeah. by receivers. They have to upgrade the receiving core to a level where. They become part of the weapons for yes. Crenshaw. He's a running quarterback right now, yes. and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You're a running team, you know, running the ball. You know, he's your best runner other than eight. Mm-hmm. So you might as well use him. I have no problem with that. But they're going to have to figure out is can they take the next step defensively? Some improvements defensively. Yeah, yeah. Although they gave up 33 points. 
the I defensive backs, the defensive backs still make mistakes and cost them yes. big, big, big yards plays, and that's where you know we'll see what I'm, happens. See if that can be cut down. I am seeing. I have three things offensively. A, which was faster, Jaleel McLaughlin, Demetrius Crenshaw on his gagging touchdown runs, or Bobby Petrino's motorcycle with a coat on the back? Yeah, I don't like Bobby Petrino either. I was thrilled to kick the crap out of him. Uh, he's probably looking for a co-ed somewhere around town, by the way, still. Um, two, I saw finally different schemes and different personnel that we haven't seen before. Third and one, Penguins line up in an eye formation, which I absolutely love. I love the power eye. We had Jaleel back there, and we handed it off to a 300-pound defensive lineman. And that son of a gun, you know what? I like that. Keep him on the field, keep his legs fresh, but use him as a decoy. Because you know two or three linemen, you know two or three eyes are going to go to him. Well, it's not even that. More importantly is whatever offense you design, you have to continue to build on mm-hmm. it. Through the spring game season and to this point of the fall season, we have not seen what I consider a designed offense. Something that you're building each week that you're going to get to. I now let's again the hardest thing to do is to judge a coaching staff too soon. Am I I'm not in uh, let's, just, let's just put it this way. I haven't seen nothing in the last year and a half. Yeah. Two seasons or season and a half. Yeah. That makes me think that we're gonna see anything more. That scares me long term. Yes, me too. Uh, until this team takes the next step, either be very competitive in a road game, most important win a road game. I'm going to be concerned about where this program's headed. Simple as that. Because as important as that win was, and yes, it's so very important to get that, this week makes me even more curious to see what team shows up. Let me say that. Let me touch back on my other two points before I get into that. We've talked about setting up plays. Setting them up, maybe not as the next play or the next drive, but later in the game. Oh, sure. Every play leads to an opportunity. I totally agree. First quarter throws maybe his best pass of the year. Beautiful flag route in the corner of the end zone. Of a catch for a touchdown. Come back for two-point conversion. Full touch pass. First half, a play. we run power left with Jaleel. And it didn't get many yards. Fine. Came back, and we ran play action and threw a seam route. And if not for a hell of a play by Missouri State's defensive back, it's a walk-in touchdown and probably a 65, 70-yard pass that kept the safeties honest. Like, hey, they might continue to do this, which I believe helped loosen up Missouri State's defense in the fourth in the fourth quarter. And my big thing is you can run the ball. And I'm not really concerned with how many yards you get. I'm more concerned with how many yards do you get when you know I'm going to run it, when they know I'm going to run it, and everybody knows I'm going to run it? And in the fourth quarter, when Missouri State knew YSU was going to run the football, YSU said well, we're going to run the football, we ran the football down by Petrino's throat, and he's sick of it right now. He probably doesn't want to see it. And two, he finally ran some toss plays that I haven't seen before this year. And Now, they didn't go for much. Maybe a yard or two. Um and we also threw a screen pass to Julian McLaughlin. It got caught, and the run he made after that now got called back for holding, but he's, 
he scored on it was absolutely incredible. It showed what kind of player he is. But it kept them honest. Well, that's and, the thing, Anthony. you got to mix it up. There's no question about that. And they need to build on it. There's a lot of positives in this game. When you Now the question is, and this is an open-ended question because we can't answer it until next week. How do they build on what they on the success that they had this week? How do they build on it? Either replicate it again the second week in a row, or build on it with their opportunities of, of play calling and how they set up a, a player. Well, that's where this program has failed in the last year and a half. Is they basically it's one step up, two steps back. Yeah, that's my concern right now. Is I'm thrilled with the win. I'm thrilled with everything they did and had success with, and even the things that they tried and didn't have success. Those are all important parts. The question I have right now is, can they take two steps forward? We have not seen that under Doug Phillips no, yet. No, not yet. And the so thing let's that, see what happens. To finish my point, we ran a couple of tosses with Jaleel, London Pearson. We ran with uh, Samuel Saints ran one time. It didn't get very much. We maybe gained five, ten yards on a couple of tosses. But fourth quarter, we're up 34-27. And it's third and three, and Missouri State's got two timeouts left. So they stop. They get the ball back all of a sudden, only down seven with an explosive offense. And their receivers, uh, number one's a stud. I believe his name's Vic. He's a stud. Uh, we couldn't cover him at all in zone coverage. And coverage did okay. But on third and three, we ran fake toss. And instead of tossing it this time, Crenshaw kept it and ran 73 yards around left end for a touchdown. And that's what I'm saying. That's what we've talked about since the spring is running plays to set him, to set bigger plays up in the future. We ran toss plays to both sides. Didn't get many yards. We faked the toss. Missouri State had to account for the toss. Crenshaw played for 73 yards, put the game away to win. Defensively, zone coverage is just it's awful. And maybe that's because of our young defensive backs. Um, we tried some new things with Zaire Jones, not not playing him a lot in obvious passing downs because he struggles in passing downs. He's, he is not a covered safety. Um, so we rotated him down in the box as more of a rover. The thing that impressed me is for the spring and now the fall, we've gotten burned by Incarnate Word and by Western Illinois on the little flat passes, flare, wheel routes to the running backs for the tight ends. Now, Missouri State scored one, but that was a garbage touchdown. Um for the most part, we stopped that. Our man coverage was really good. We had four sacks and four turnovers forced. I mean, that is showing signs of improvement. But you can't just be a man team. There are times where you're going to have to run zone defense. And you're going to have to get better at covering you know, teams in zone defense. Um, the thing that scares the hell out of me, and it shouldn't, it should be a good thing, I don't like this bye week this week. I don't like it at all. Because I know it, I know it's set months I know. beforehand. Yeah, not, yeah, nothing you can do about it. Yeah. The thing that scares me, the last two times this coaching staff has had a bye week, they've completely imploded the following week. Last year against Western Illinois, they had the bye week. Now, granted, they weren't supposed to have a bye week. North Dakota game got canceled. Came out in Macomb in the second half and just completely laid an egg, fell apart. And this past year, we had a bye week going into Western Illinois, had a 35-7 lead at halftime. And the worst half of football in Youngstown State history in the last 30 or 40 years happened after that. That scares the hell out of me. And we have to go on the road following the Indiana State. Indiana State's not good. 
We should beat them. But the last 10, 15 years, we've not played well there. So that combined scares the hell out of me. How will this team take the positives and take everybody out of you on the back around campus of, hey. It's a two-week. Exactly. Exactly. How, How is your preparation? We'll find out. What is your mental preparation? What is your game preparation for a team that you should beat? And honestly, Tim, we should beat this team by two touchdowns. We should, but they're very similar to the Indians. They can rip off two or three wins in a row. They could very easily lose three, four, five in a row and lose them very ugly. Well, there's a difference. I know what you're saying, and you are correct when you look at what yeah. what the Indians went through this year, yeah. and, you, and I don't disagree with you. I, the difference is the Indians lost the quarterback and, yeah. well, and yeah, other yeah, players. Yeah. Yes. And, and, the, and not saying that Youngstown State hasn't suffered injuries and, and stuff like that, but they haven't lost their main no, players. No. So that's the most important thing. And now, like you say, you can't do anything about a bye week. They're scheduled ahead yep. of time. It is what it is. Most teams do seem to be sluggish coming off buys. Most teams do. Well, Not all, yes. but many have. And my concern is, you're right, most teams come off bye weeks lethargic in the first half. Our problem is the second half of these games coming off the bye week, and that shouldn't be the problem. Okay, true. In those cases, then you have to think about two factors. Usually has a major point in that is a either a you're not making adjustments in game to, to mm-hmm. stop what your you're opponent is doing or b you've unfortunately suffered significant injuries yes certain key players that now changes your entire game plan yeah but that again it goes back to making yes. adjustments and i'm not making excuses those are things that happen but if you're getting off to a fast start like they did yeah. the 35-7 type scenario, and you lose that game, you have no one to blame but the yourself. coaching staff yeah. and yourselves for not coming through. If you're coughing up the ball, if you're, exactly. if you're you know, shanking punts, if you're giving your opponent opportunities to get back into a game, then you have to look internal to yourselves. Yes. Why did that happen? We'll see. I mean, most teams are, like you said, lethargic and don't seem to have their firm gripping because they're used to that weekly activity where you build up through the week to play on You're Saturday. You're going to have to create your own energy, too, because Terre Haute, it's a boring environment, always has been. It's n- not a great trip. It's a one-sided stadium. You're going to have to create your own energy. You're going to have – Gerd Meyer always used. You're going to have to bring your own juice. Yeah. And we're going to have to see um, – and we're going to have to see how this team – Takes a week of everybody around campus saying, hey, nice win, nice job, congratulations. You got player of the week for Crenshaw, newcomer of the week. You know, you're feeling good about yourself now. You're, guy, you're getting guys back healthy. You're getting guys more experience. Um, but you're going on the road, in conference, coming off a of bye week, and th- those three things have not been kind to us. I am, I am optimistic following Missouri State. I am very, very, Well, this very is the trapping eyes I was talking about earlier. Yes. When you're talking about where this program has been the last year and a half. Can you capitalize on your achievements that you did and take steps forward, not backwards? And that we won't know until the following yeah, Saturday. Yeah, we're not going to know until October 23rd. And, right. Uh, it's it's, and it's a long time. the Indiana State game, you had the toughest stretch of anybody in the country Here's against the thing. top 10 teams. Here, again. 
not knowing YSU's schedule and, you know, with the midterms and all that, maybe this is a perfect time for the players to be able to concentrate on other things than football Mm -hmm. and the same vein, get their work in and be prepared. Uh, That's up to the coaching staff to figure that out. That's why they get paid. That, you know, that's part of their responsibilities. Midterm week in college, during college football season, that's when you see just maybe one of the ugliest games you're going to see all year. I've seen it for years past Notre Dame. When you, when you saw a game coming off midterm week, it was, no matter who you played, it was, oh, crap. Oh, yeah. It, you have just, more concerns exactly. than what you normally do during you the season. You have more distractions. Exactly. You, you don't it, have. It's a different animal. Yeah, exactly. That and finals are different animals yes. that time of the year. So you, it just takes, you know, experience. It takes leadership. And it takes the ability of the player to recognize what they have to get done outside the football We're going to see how mature this team is. Well, we're going to see a lot. We're going to learn a lot the rest of the year. Like I said, that was a much-needed victory. It was a, you know, without a question, the crowning win. And there hasn't been many no. in the Doug Phillips era. Um, but that that win to me was more important than against Incarnate Word. Word. I do too. Yeah, because a conference that, win. Yeah, right, right. And then that in the opening was a huge win because they had to get off to a good yes. start. And we'll see. I mean, is I don't want to put a number on this team because if I say, oh, if they get, I'm not putting numbers in this team. Yeah, because we just don't. We'll just let this team tell us where they're at. And that's all you can do. You'll I be mean, able to figure out where this team is after the Indiana State game. You know, it's kind of like watching Ohio State this year. Okay. Ohio State played Oregon, mm-hmm. a game everyone thought going in, Ohio State should win at home and that. Did not. Really, I won't say embarrassed, but we're just soundly beat. Yeah. Give, you know, Oregon credit Ready, for yeah. coming into Columbus and winning. Since then, they've been playing really good football. Yes, they have. And you can see the focus of the team. You can see the energy of the yes. coaching staff mm-hmm. and everybody involved on how they kind of turn around after that loss and methodically have gotten better. Now, again, I'm going to say this. Sure, playing Rutgers and playing Maryland Maryland are not the same as playing Oregon. Mm -mm. We know that. But every schedule has those games. Yeah, you got to play conference games. They are are who you are, you know, and you have to own that. However, you see the defense have starting to improve since they made some changes. And you're seeing – the Buckeyes do the things that remind you of who they are yes. and moving forward. And, and that's start- going back to the Penguins. This is what we have to find out, what their identity is and how they handle success and how they handle moving forward from here. Again, like I said, this program's next big step. They won two home games this year. Great. You know, fantastic. They probably can win more home games this year. However, road games are the real test the rest of the season in my eyes. Going to Indiana State, going to, you know, I mean, you, you gotta, can't get embarrassed like you did in Northern Iowa ever again on the road. Simple as that. I don't care who you play. You can't be embarrassed like that ever again. Well, you're going to have. And it's not going to be easy because you have to go to Dakotas. You go to North Dakota. We haven't played them yet. That's a tough place to play in oh. that dome. They're a top five team, top ten. Yeah. And then you got to finish the season. At Southern Illinois, where you have not played well in Carbondale for years, and they're coming off an incredible uh, twenty-point pl- comeback. In South when Dakota you play State. in a in a very competitive 
top-notch conference, it's never easy. And that's just like when you look at Big Ten. I mean, look at where Penn State's at. Look where Iowa's at. Look where Ohio State's at. Look at some of the teams that are coming up in the Big Ten right now. There's some quality teams there. I'll say this. And that's what I'm saying is you're facing quality teams in each week, yeah. In the Missouri Valley Football yeah. Conference. Oh, it, so you it's important to be able to prove that you can win on the road. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where this program needs to and it has not done in the last three seasons. The last season of of, of Bo through now yes. they've, they've struggled the on the road. Yeah. They have you have to win road games to prove that you're a contender in a conference. That does it. Obviously, you you should win your home games. You should win 80 to 90% of your home games, no matter who you are, no matter what conference you play in. That's how you establish your identity as at home, and then you impose your will on road games. And that's where we have not seen over the last three seasons at YSU. And we've seen a decrease of the ability to compete yep. and being ball games on the road. Now, that's to me the biggest challenge that faces this. If Doug Phillips and his coaching staff prove to me that they can be competitive and put themselves in position to win games on the road, then I'm going to be saying we're headed in a really good direction. Right now, I'm happy that they beat Incarnate Ward at home. I'm happy they beat, you know, Missouri State. You can't get embarrassed like you did in Michigan State. You can't get em- – I know Michigan State's a yeah. different level, but you can't get embarrassed like you did in Northern Iowa. Those are the things that matter. That's where this team's at. I mean, grant you, when you play bigger, stronger, faster teams, more experienced teams, you have to rise up to that level. It's to- not easy, but that's the challenge gonna, you have to face. You're going to need to create your own breaks against the South Dakota State, the North Dakota State, the Southern Illinois. You're going to have to get four turnovers like you did – against Missouri State. Look, it was a heck of a win. Sitting through torrential rains and being soaking wet from head to toe would have been completely miserable. You probably would have to come get me off standby if we would have lost that game. Well, that's the point. But, I mean, wins make everything more satisfying. To win that game after they tied it up, they had the ball, too. And you had to get a stop with your weakest link out there. And the Penguins defense has been the weakest link this year. We didn't think that coming in, but it has so far this year against the team that control the ball. Um, and what I like, too, when you need a defensive stop, usually what Joe Safer's done his demo in the past is sit back and play a little conservative. I don't want to call it prevent, but play a little back. Uh-uh. Trying to keep the game in front of you. Yeah. He went and attacked, had a couple sacks, had a pick, and the Penguins forced a quick well, rain out. And then a perfect example of that is what happened Sunday with the Browns. The Browns, quite honest with you, defensively played a terrible game. They had spurts where they played well. They had spurts where they, you know, the design of the defense for the last five minutes of the game was not stellar. And they were put in tough situations. They did make big plays when they had to. They had bad calls against them. That's the breaks of football. Yeah. And I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not here to blame the officials for the loss because that's, you still win and lose on the, yeah. on the field. But, what you got to do is you have to find ways to get things done. I don't care if you lose five players to injuries. Yep. You still have to find a way to get that make the plays when you do. I've said it before. I'll say it a million times. And I'm changing subjects to the Browns real quick. Is I don't care when you score because this is a exactly. football is exactly. a two sided game. There's offense it's and there's defense. defense. Yep. Your both sides of the balls have to make plays to win ball games. 
you know, if it's – and if they're taking away your biggest playmaker on defense in Garrett, mm-hmm. who traditionally has made so many sacks mm-hmm. and stripped sacks, you know, and fumbles mm-hmm. in the last few years, and he hasn't been able to produce this year on that number, mm-hmm. but he, he leads the league in sacks and everything else. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's played well. But you got to make a play. You know, what happened to the Browns when they were on that fourth and four and they get the penalty against them? Harsh. Harsh reality of football. I mean, it was obviously the one of the worst calls you're going to see in football. Uh, the non-penalty calls that came later in the game, you can't help. You know, unfortunately, you just not going to get them late in the game. Very seldom they happen. They mm-hmm. let, they'll let players play. Yeah. When you get under three minutes, four minutes in the game. What happened on that one, on the fourth and four? I mean, it was just the the old rule was still in effect where you could challenge a PA, mm-hmm. a PI call. That would have been challenged. I think it would have been overturned. I think even Williams knew he interfered. It was, should have been offensive interference. His head was in his hands at, on the sidelines. You have to make plays. In, the, in, in every football game, you have to make plays. And just like... I was talking about the defense having to make a play. The offense had to make a play. The Browns played a great game. They scored 42 points. When the game mattered the most, they couldn't move the ball. That's twice against AFC West opponents where they had the ball late in the game and couldn't move it. That's concerned to me. And and you can talk about different things, but there's two things I want to talk. Well, one thing I want to talk about that game real quick, and we, we won't stay on it that long. And I'm sure you didn't see it. I was watching the five and a half hour marathon that was the Rays and Red Sox game. I was gonna. We're gonna get yep. into that in a second. I, Los Angeles came down and scored to make it forty-one four or forty-two forty-one. They missed the extra mm-hmm. point. Okay. By the, the way, Browns you're paid get, to make extra points, millions of dollars, and you can't make extra points. That's, that's his second. He that's, missed two in this game, and, and, and you know what? In the in the uh, Packers game, there was in the Cincinnati there was five missed field goals oh, in the last three minutes. It's that's just football today. I'm not I'm not even that's get bad. into that. That's not even important. What's important here is the Browns had the ball with a one point lead, given mm-hmm. what the circumstances that took place. Mm-hmm. The play calling for the first time really was suspect. Uh, they gave the ball to Hunt. Yeah, Which I, know, I, I have, have no problem with. I have no problem with it. Because, quite honest with you, I don't care what back's back there. I think we, we have ability to get five, six yards on any carry. Mm-hmm. And he got hit in the backfield, and he worked his ass off to get back to the line of scrimmage. And they called a timeout, mm-hmm. used their first timeout. And there was like three minutes left in the game. What shocked me is I was like watching the game, and I said, well, you got to run a second down. No matter what, you have to run the ball because you want them to use their next timeout. Mm-hmm. You just do. Because even if you only get a yard, I'd rather face third down and eight or nine. Not that that's my mm-hmm. choice. And to throw an incomplete pass and, and give, stop, them, a, and give them a time free timeout, yeah. basically. Well, they they threw the ball. No one got open. Baker made a throw. It fell incomplete. Da, 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 da. So now it's on third down, and you run a draw play. And you did this exact same thing. They now have the ball. They mm-hmm. and, and unfortunately, Scottish Hammer isn't hammering the ball as a punter anymore. Mm. He's making about 35, 40-yard punts. That's not good. No, not in the NFL. And gave him great field position. They came downfield. They got down to the two-yard line. Uh, it was Eckert slid before going into the end zone because he didn't want to score. Yeah. Great play. Okay, they had two timeouts left. And now they 
Once everything got settled, they called a timeout. You know, the Browns used their last timeout. Da, da, da. Mm. Browns are out of timeouts. I was shocked. I was utterly floored. I was talking, watching the game, talking with those around me, and I says, well, you're going victory formation here. I says, you're down one point. You're at the two-yard line. Take a knee. The clock continues to run. You call your timeout. You have two left. Yep. Probably under a minute left in the game at that point. You take the snap again. You move yourself over to the middle of the field, and you go down at the five-yard line. Mm-hmm. And you set up your kicker, who should be able to kick a 22-yarder mm-hmm. and put it right through. And you use your t- final timeout, and mm-hmm. you're under you know, 20 seconds, maybe 15 seconds left in the ballgame. Didn't happen. They hand the ball off. And the Browns are smart. At least, you know, the yeah. defense was smart enough to realize he has to score. Even though they're winning t- yeah. by one, he has to score for them to yeah. have a chance to win. They literally grabbed Eckert and dragged him into the end zone to score. The Browns pushed him into the end zone. Oh, George Bush push. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it was a great pl- defensive play. Yeah. It was the only way you could win is get the offense back out there. The offense came back out. And I don't know, obviously, on television, you don't have the overview. Mm-hmm. But nobody either was open or there were the worst play calls of all time. Because you threw through dink, a five-yard pass, a mm-hmm. three-yard pass, and a three-yard pass to go 12 yards. Yeah, you can't do that. With no timeouts and about 90 seconds left in the game. 15, 20. And needless to say, they get out close to the 45-yard line. And from then, the the, yeah. the game's basically over because they can't move the ball again. And disappointing. But I, I, it's a winnable game. That's twice against Kansas mm-hmm. City and now uh, the Chargers that they should have won the game. Or you were in position to, to win, win a game, game yeah. and couldn't come through. Defense, you can you can talk ad nauseum about the goods and bads of it. Anytime you give up 47 points, that's not good. Anytime you have four receivers or two receiver, one receiver mm-hmm. break open twice because of bad coverage is not good. No. Broken coverage. Uh, the Browns got lucky a few times too, though. They got, you know, uh, they got some big plays on them. And, and Chubb was phenomenal. I mean, there, it, was, it was a really entertaining football yeah. game. But, you know, I was talking before the game with many people, and I says, what do you think about this game? I says, well, it's important. I mean, you're three and one. I says, if you win this game, that gives you leeway against uh, – they play the Cardinals next. They're undefeated through mm-hmm. five games. They play them in Cleveland, though. So I feel better about that than going mm-hmm. to Arizona to play them. But, again, you got to give give the Cardinals credit for where they're at. I mean, that's going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. But I like the Browns' chances at home. Like I talk about, you have mm-hmm. to win home yep. games. So look with that theory in mind – and I, you know me, I hate looking ahead. Yeah. I really do. But that game there, I says, if they – come out of California with a win, there's a legitimate possibility this team is a 6-2 or 7-1 or at the break at the, mm-hmm. at, yeah. at, after eight games. I said, though, if they lose this game, 6-2 and two would be phenomenal, but 5-3 and three is probably realistic. That's the difference between winning games and mm-hmm. losing games on the road. That's how important being able to compete and win on the road is. Going back to YSU, that's what I'm talking about. And that's where the Browns are at. Browns have to find a way to win those close games on the road. They cannot continue to lose. Found a way against Minnesota. It was mm. the defense made it the big plays. Yeah. Baker had a bad game and everything else. Everyone remembers that. Uh, Baker had a great game last week. I mean, 55 out of the 60 minutes, he was phenomenal. The last three minutes, four minutes of the game, not so good. We could, you know, I don't put the loss on yeah. him. I put the loss on the team. And 
some of the situations they were put in. Quite honestly, I'm surprised they even got the ball back for 90 seconds. Because yeah. if I was coaching that team, they would never. They probably, they maybe it had. The ball again, yeah. yeah, chances of them touching the ball again was pretty, None. pretty, yeah. pretty low. So, uh, kudos on, uh, on that level. But um, yeah, that's the difference between winning the low games and losing the mm-hmm. low games. That's what I'm talking about. You know, Youngstown State. That's why it was so imperative for Oregon to come into Columbus um, and yep. win. This is what. I always talk about so important just the overall ability to win certain games where they're at. You win your home games if you go in the NFL seven and one at home, and you go four and four on the road. All of a sudden, you're talking eleven wins. That's a huge season. Now, granted, there's another game this year, but my whole point is traditionally in a sixteen game season, that's what you would have. You win eleven, twelve games. You're you're an elite team. When you don't win your road games, you say you go three and five at home on the mm-hmm. road, and you win six and two at home. Well, you win nine games. Yeah. This that's what I'm talking about. Winning close games on the road, and in the NFL, every game's close. It's designed to be close. A whole view of the one-sided um, penalties. Well, penalties are designed to to. Help the offense score points. Yes. They're not designed. To help the defense, yeah. They're not designed in a fair manner. They're lopsided. Oh, yeah. To favor the offense over the defense. When one team lacks the ability to get those calls, it kills the one team. But that's a different story. And that's what many people are talking about. And I get that. But that's not why they lost the game. They lost the game because they didn't make enough plays defensively when they need to, when they had the lead. They had some bad breaks go against them. They didn't overcome those bad breaks. And that's what it's all about. And that brings me to my next point about bad breaks. What happened to the Rays last oh, night? That's a terrible break. That's an awful break. That's, that's not a bad rule. No, it, it, it was implied a, yeah. properly. It, I, it was just you know a terrible what? bad break. I like, and I know for us Indians fans or Guardians fans, if it's really weird to say that, for us fans that have You can say Indians until the season's Jensen over. The Lewis. season's not over. That's The that's, Browns, or excuse me, the Cleveland Indians season has ended. Baseball season is still going God. on. So they are still the Cleveland Indians until the 2021 season ends. I just want to put that out that's there. That's been Jensen Lewis's biggest complaint is we have replay, but we don't get it right. And what I liked yesterday is the umpires went to replay – and they got the call right. They took their time, and they got the call right. They made a call in the field. They talked to New York. It, they looked at the replay. They got the call right. That was an awful break for the Rays. Um, but by rule, it's the right rule. Yep. And sorry, but Mike Zanino, you can't be swinging a strike three above your shoulders. You can't. So you still had a chance. Oh, yeah. And... Give credit to Alex Cora. He put Christian Vasquez in the game late. He didn't start the game. Our old friend uh, Kevin Ploiecki did. He put Vasquez in the game late, and Vasquez came up and you know he hit the uh, fastball off Patino that. Well, you know, hey, that really put. Uh, yeah, well, really I mean, you have in a bad spot. Playoff baseball is about making great at bats. Yes, yes. It's really is. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, we could talk about Perez in 2016 yes. and all the big at-bats he had during that run. And we could talk about any team, and you could talk about a player you yep. didn't expect to make those, those big plays. Or you could talk about Lonnie the superstar. Chisinau, yeah. Or you could talk about the superstar, superstar yeah. who did or did not make those yep. big at-bats. 
I mean, that was the criticism for A-Rod for his entire yeah, career. He, could, he, could he had not. one postseason where he actually produced. And he didn't, yeah. And luckily for him, that one postseason he produced, they won, they won a yeah. World Series. But for the most part, his, his postseason was atrocious throughout his career. But that's not uncommon because it's such a, mi- uh, a microscope of the entire season. It doesn't take much to, um, you know, get in a funk and next thing you know, Mm -hmm. it's 22, 23 at-bats without a hit or whatever the case may be or uh, you're two for 22. You know, that happens in series. I mean, that's what makes baseball so unique. And quite honestly, it's usually the pitching does dominate this time of the year. So if you do get a starting pitcher who – Get you six, seven, eight innings. It it changes the entire if you get a starting pick dynamic five of a game. Right now in the playoffs. Oh yeah. Oh man. Well, first of all, we have managers today who don't allow pitchers to go no. deep, especially okay? in the playoffs. Well, yeah, exactly. Especially I mean, in the playoffs. No, you're lucky you go four. If you're if you're a pitcher for the Dodgers right now, Robertson's not going to let you get that far no, deep. No, he's not. He never has and never will. I mean, as it's going to frustrate the the the, fans. the veterans that pitching especially staff, especially Scherzer tonight, right? Would I be shocked if he got pulled in the fourth or fifth inning? Nope. No. No, if he, if he now, gets up two runs, he's pulled. Well, and that's who he is as a manager. It's work for them. But, well, you have yeah. you have the pitching that they have. Yep. You can do that. You can mix and match and, and take advantage of it. Now, personally, would I want Cersei out there and yes. for six, seven, eight innings? Yes. Absolutely. Well, you know, it, it's going to take time. You know, it's it's interesting to see how this is all developing, you know. Uh Boston leading Tampa Bay two games to one. Uh, and then you have uh, the well, Dodgers, you know, tied 1-1 one, 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 yeah. one with San Francisco. The two best records in baseball. Yeah. Uh, how crazy is that sounds? And the and White then, Sox last night down 5-1 to one in the third. Scored five unanswered to take a 6-5 lead. And, also and Atlanta, 12-6. Atlanta winning they today, day, right? Yeah, 3 nothing against so They took a 2-1 lead. Exactly. So it's going to be interesting to see. The, and then you look quick, at... I mean, the White Sox stayed alive with the big win, so. Real quick before we finish up, the job that Atlanta did at the deadline to remake that whole after they lost Ozuna to the legal problems, they lost their best friend, Ronald Acuna, who may not start the season next year because of his injury. And the job they did to remake their outfield, bring guys in with the pitching staff that was piecework together, and then ultimately Freddie Freeman had a second half that, you know, we come back from Freddie Freeman. Now, not a great first half, but um, really impressed with the, the job the Braves have done. Well, not surprising. Uh, it's a quality organization that knew how to try to maximize their opportunity, and you know, it's it's early in this round of playoffs. But you know, you got two teams that are three teams that are one win away. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, Houston and Chicago. And they resume tomorrow afternoon. We'll see. Uh, I like to say the White Sox are going to make it a five-game series and see what happens, but I still think Houston's probably. I think Houston's probably a little. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously it's being played in Chicago, so we'll see what happens. Uh, As for the Boston series, it's it's it's, you know they they got the lead, but it's Tampa. I still I still love Tampa. I love Tampa in the in, in the AL and. Quite honest with you, I'm hoping and praying that it's a five-game series for the for the Giants and the Dodgers. I am too. Because 
Those are the two best teams in baseball. Yep. They're fun to watch. They've got great personality. they got great players. We do, you know, since it cannot baseball be a since it cannot be a seven game series, we need a then we need series. a five game series there. Um, the Rays Red Sox series kind of reminds me of the Indians Yankees ALDS. Yeah, it has to end for Boston tonight. It needs to end tonight. If it does not, and I know Tropicana Field's not a really a yeah, it's 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 so, so, but. It's you almost a neutral field. don't want to go back. Exactly. There's going to be a lot of Boston fans there if it goes back to the trot for game five. Um, but like you said, you still like the Rays because they just win. Yeah, and when, they find when, ways. When their backs are against the wall like they were last year, they win. Uh, they were down the series against the Yankees last year, won. Down against the Astros, they won. Uh, almost came back against the Dodgers and won a short. But I still like Tampa Bay. Boston needs to win tonight. The they need to end that series oh, yeah. tonight. And I'll be, uh, I'll be and I believe, for the race. believe Chris Sale might be on the mound in Game 5. They're if talking the about that. Far, They're talking about that. Water Rodriguez, here's my thing. Could the Ray, if the Red Sox got, say, a two, a one or two run lead come the seventh, sixth, seventh inning, and that bullpen's a mess? We saw it yesterday. It was a mess. They blew it. Did they bring Chris Sale in? Like the Cubs did with John Lester in Game 7 against the Indians? I think it's game seven, yes. But, you know, this is game four. So you I mean, think they save yeah, him? Yeah, 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 save him for game five. But you, have, you have to be, obviously, you got you to win the game. Yeah, again. it yeah. all depends on the scenario. I, I, the answer to your question is, I think he's available, but it's not necessarily. Not, he's the last maybe resort. One, maybe one out. If or, they treat one right, in a, yeah. For example, let's say they're up 7-5, and the they, need, inning, yeah. they need the outs. Yep. Okay. But if they're trailing, or if it's t- or if it's five, five in the, in oh, the yeah, eight, no, 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 you can't no, do it. No, it really depends on the situational. If they really think they could close it out, and that's what they need to do, yep. close it out, then yeah, because yep. you're going to get the days off, and it won't hurt yep. you. Um, I doubt it. You know, yeah, I, I, I doubt it. Too. I, I, just, I, I, I th- it's an interesting question, though. Yeah, I doubt it. It's just not so in my mind. What makes baseball, the baseball postseason, so fascinating? It's, oh yeah, there's you know every pitch, every. Yeah, Every at bat matters, and that's what I'll be doing tonight. It, it'll be fun. It's it's like I said, October is fun time of the year. Yeah. Uh, real quickly about high school football. Uh, TC Caffey uh, went down last weekend and had a visit with Ohio State. Uh oh. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He was. Uh, so uh, we'll see how that develops going forward. Yeah. Uh, Hubbard is Keep undefeated. Keep him out of the state up north. Hubbard is undefeated through. Eight games. Uh, Mark and I had the game last week. This week we got the Bourbon Austin Town game. Looking forward to that one tremendously. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Bourbon coming off a, a COVID induced yes. buy. So hopefully the game gets played. And right now, all things are all going forward. Are so we're hopeful there. Uh, South Range is undefeated through eight weeks. Hubbard plays South Range in week 10. Yep. So if they both win this week, it should, and we'll have that game on West Reserve Radio. And BBW um, in week 10. So, little uh, little quick shout-out. I know I haven't done it in a while, but a shout-out to my cousin in Canfield who, I don't want to say they're flying under the radar, but compared to the last couple of years when they've been ranked at the top of the region in the state, uh, uh, Canfield's flying very quietly underneath the Next radar. Week. Yeah, go ahead. They did what they needed to do against East. Got in, got out healthy with a big win. Um, they blew out Fitch. It's a big Upper tier win. win. Uh, that game was over in the first quarter. I mean, Canfield kicked the crap out of them. 
that's a hell of a win for Canfield. Uh, so a shout out to them and uh, keep it rolling and hopefully and uh, see them at uh, is it Auburn or fly, it, or uh, Tom mentioned this year for the state finals. Uh, it's at, it's uh, it's it's in here. Akron. Yeah, I mean it's in Canton. It's yeah. in Canton. Yeah. So hopefully it'd be a trip to Canton in December to uh, yeah see my cousin raise the trophy. So. Well, let's hope for the best there. Um, I will say this not to induce problems. Canfield's on our radar. Let's just put it that, that way. That region's tough, too. Canfield's on our yeah. radar. Uh, I've been talking about, you and I have been talking yes. about them throughout the year and what they can achieve. Uh, one loss, they're they're playing fantastic. Hopefully they'll close out strong. Yep. Um, they have Hubbard, or excuse me, Howland, Howland this weekend. Borman, yeah. yeah, and Borman. So, I mean, they're going to be important Should games. Be. Borman game, if Borman is Beats able Fitch. to get yeah. past Fitch this week, it's going to be gonna interesting. That's going to be a huge game. Yeah. Because that will determine if Borman probably makes or not makes the playoffs. Yeah. At, you know, yeah. with the 16 team uh, conference you or feel like they playoff be seating. In, but yeah, and you just never know. Fitching can't for them the year. Those are you two don't big want. Wins yeah, right you there. can't. Yeah. You cannot. You lost a game, meaning you lost the opportunity yes. to play a game against Ursland. And you have two games left. You you know it's important. Unintentionally, just the way things fell, Mark and I. Mark, a graduate of Hubbard. Hubbard, myself, a graduate of Borman. Borman. The last five weeks, we uh, we did Hubbard, Borman, Borman Hubbard, Hubbard, Borman, Borman Hubbard. Hubbard. Yeah. Unintentionally. Yeah. It's yeah. just the way, you know, a couple games uh, were added to the schedule and what what happens. So, um, yeah. If you get a chance to tune in, tune in to uh, 1240 WBBW on your AM dial, if you still know what that is. And on the internet at Western Reserve Digital Radio, you can find us a lot of different places. Or the iHeart Radio app. I uh, listened to the call last week on the iHeart oh, Radio app. That's true. Yes, yes. They, so uh, it was a great call you guys had. And uh, sad I didn't get to listen to the whole TC Caffey show, but I've seen. He's pretty good. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's uh, pretty good. Kind of. I'm kind of hoping for a Hubbard Canfield. Uh, ben Wilcox though had a phenomenal game uh, for the Eagles this past weekend. Uh, the second running back, yeah. running out of the wing position. Oh, he had over 100 more. yards and they scored a couple. Of, yes, uh, it should be fun. So. Um, they, that is a very good team, a fun team to watch this year. Like I said, uh, this week's is the Borman and Fitch Good. game. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Going to do some research on it the rest of this week. Get ready for that one. I'll be on play-by-play. Mark will be back on play-by-play for the Hubbard and South Range game. Uh, Make sure Mark has them my uh, Tums or... It should be fun. It's it's going to be uh, Anthony. I know uh, things are tight right now, but if you're available, you're always welcome. I appreciate that. All right, uh, let's wrap this one up. And you got to get going. I got to get going. And uh, we will talk to you all next week here on Radio MVP for my partner Anthony Kefley. I'm Tim Fontanese, wishing you all a wonderful good evening. Remember, tell your family, friends, and enemies about Radio MVP.